I think you ought to give him one more hand. Just, just right where you're at, just thank him for what he's done. And as we get ready to launch, man, I just love the, I just, I can't get over the idea that we get to be here on the first day of the year. And uh, this is cool. And not only that, we get to be back tonight. We got revival services the first three Sunday nights of the month and want to really encourage you to come out and be, be a part of that, participate in that. And how many of you are fasting? Yeah. Amen. You, if you're sitting next to somebody that raised their hand, be really nice to them. Okay, uh, uh, they got cards at the at the info center. If you want, uh, pick up. Okay, where you know where what are the steps? Where do we start? I think uh, I think you know you you can start by just cutting out bread this week, and and uh, and then next week we're going to add to it. Or you can just jump jump in. Uh, you know, whatever you do, just do it with all your might. Uh, just just be a participant and just say, you know what I'm going to do is I I'm, I'm going to set my flesh down so my spirit man can rise up. Yeah, and, and I'm going I'm to get strong in the Spirit. Let me tell you what God has planned for you this coming year. You're you, you going to need some strength, okay? You're going to need some wisdom, some insight, some revelation. Uh, some discernment would be helpful. And, and, and to get that spirit man tuned up right at the beginning of the year, it's just a great way to, to just start things off and, and make sure that we're uh, doing things right. And some of you guys, you know, you might have had the opportunity last year to do some things wrong. Well, the, the deal is, if any man be in Christ, he's new. Old things, that, that, okay, that's gone now. You cannot alter your past, but you can take your past to the altar. And so, you know, just get separated from whatever has happened and get ready for what's going to happen. And just start, just start embracing what God's bringing into your life, amen? And, and, and you got you to equip that spirit, man, to, to rule and reign. And so I just really want to encourage it. Be praying, be fasting. By the way, if you're fasting and not praying, all you're doing is starving. So, so fast and add prayer to it, and it's going to get effective. But be, be listening, because God's going to be speaking some things to you right off the bat. I'm promising you, God's going to be speaking some things to you. And, and they, they have the power to change everything. Okay? They just have the power to change everything. By the way, to, Jesus didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. You know, he didn't say if you give. He said when you give. He didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. And, and so th this thing, this is an act of obedience. And the human mind cannot comprehend God's response to one act of obedience. You know, he, wouldn't it be crazy if you just decided, well, okay, I, I'm just going to line up with the will of God for my life and and I guess we're going to cut out bread, and we're just going to start praying. Wouldn't it be crazy if God just opened up a window and started pouring out blessing in areas of your life that you just thought were never going to change, and he just got involved and changed it? Because that's the kind of stuff God does. But he needs your participation. You know, a lot of us are waiting around for God to do something, but God needs your participation. He needs you to open the door. Remember Revelation, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door. How do you open the door? It's acts of obedience that open the door for God's participation in your situation. So you start obeying God and he starts moving. Well, how do I obey God? Well, he said, you hear my voice. Well, how am I going to hear his voice? You're going to get in his word. Okay, you're going to need his word because that's, that's where his voice is going to come to you through the word. Matter of fact, if you're here today and you don't own a Bible or you forgot yours, hold your hand up. Our ushers will bring you one. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody has a copy of the word of God and you want to get into the word of God every single day. Okay, and, and, and it's a great time of year to start like, a, like a, a Bible reading program, read through the Bible this year. That's great, but you're still going to have to find a verse or two that you begin to meditate upon. Right? And, and sometimes you might meditate a verse or two for, for, for months. Sometimes it's just a few hours. But you just, just, just find a verse or two and, and start meditating on it and read it and repeat 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 it and then get quiet and, and, and stay on it till it starts talking back to you. And, and you'll be amazed because God's word, as it starts to speak back into your life, it, it's going it's to breathe life into situations that, that, that seem dead. It's going to bring hope in areas of your life that look hopeless. You know, hey, you know, isn't it cool this morning, that first song, I love the fact that we're singing Unstoppable God. You know, what can stop him? Nothing, right? What's impossible? Nothing. Man, you know, and this year, let me just challenge you here too, this year, man, don't just believe God for stuff that you know can happen. Let's believe God for, with some unreasonable expectations. Man, look at, the most, look at the most difficult area of your life and believe God, okay, deal with that. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, nothing is impossible with him. 
Amen? But, but you got to need his word. So get in his word every day. Matter of fact, hold your Bible up. Push your app, whatever you got. Lift it up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, somebody, give him one more hand. Thank him, because he's about ready to do some crazy good stuff. Amen. You know, in order, in, in, in order to connect with this life that Jesus came, you know, in John 10, 10, it said the thief came to kill and steal and destroy. But I, Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Life overflowing to the top, more than enough. You know, it, it, that word life there in the Greek, it's zoe, Z-O-E, it's, it's life as God has it. And, and, and the life that Jesus wants you to have is, is more life than death. It's more hope than, right? It's more joy. It's, it's more peace than chaos. It's more provision than life. It's more health than It's more. It, it's a life of more. Okay? It's a life of more. Look, look at somebody and tell them, we're getting more. Okay? Now, now what, what you have to do, though, is you have to realize, okay, so God's plan is to prosper me. That's, that's more. Okay. God's plan is to bring increase. That's more. God, God's plan is, is to add. That's more. It's to multiply. That's more. God's plan is, is, is for growth. That's more. Okay. So his plan isn't to harm or to take away. His plan is to give more. Well, the, the question you have to ask yourself is, are you prepared for more? You see, you, you can't, you know, it, it wouldn't do any good for him to pour out more if you couldn't contain more. So what we have to do is we, we, have, to, we have to get smart. We, we can't live dumb, okay? We got to show up to grow up. Isn't that what we're doing? And, and, and we got we, we to gotta, we gotta develop the container. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that the things that God wants to add to your life, the content that God's going to bring to your life is amazing content. But you can't ignore the container, and a lot of people, you know, they're, they're, they're believing for big things, but they're living a small life. I serve a big God. Well, he wants you to be a big believer, okay? He, he, he wants you to stretch out the borders. He, he, he wants you to, to develop and, and make more room in your life for him. And, and what you have to do is you, you have to increase your capacity, Okay? You have a role to play, and, and you have to be willing to increase your capacity. I, I, I want to jump into this real quick. First Chronicles 28, starting at verse 8, and reading from the message. And it says, And now, in this public place, all Israel looking in and God listening in, as God's people. Okay, How many of God's people do we have in the building today? Amen. By the way, thanks for facing the storm. <laughs> Thanks for not being too hungover to come to church. <laughs> Amen. And those of you watching online, hi. Okay. <laughs> Wish you were with us. Okay. Uh, as God... <laughs> I made myself laugh. Okay. As God's people... Can, can I just... Man, I just want to challenge you, okay? Again, it's a fresh start. Fresh start. Make sure you're living like God's people. Let's start living like God's people. Well, how? Obey and study every last one of the commandments of your God. Obey and study. Obey and study. Man, what a great place to start. You start obeying God and, and study. You know, study to show yourself approved in God, workmen that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study every one of his commandments so that you can make the most of living in this good land. Man, make the most of this life that God's given us. It's too many believers who have the same, you know, result as a non-believer. Well, there's more. There's more for you. And I'm telling you, I, I, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about today and, and, and to have the opportunity to share with you because I've been, I've been talking to God all about you. 
and, and, and he, he has more, there's more coming, and, and make the most out of this life that he's given to us in, in this land, and pass it on intact to your children, and ensure a good future. What a great word. Man, take care and get prepared and get ready for a great future. Why? Well, you've been delivered. Well, I, I, I'm still right in the heat of the battle. Well, the word delivered, it doesn't mean translated. It doesn't mean that you've been plucked up out of a hard situation and set over on a white sandy beach and you got a little you know, umbrella sticking out of your drink. That, that's translation, to be delivered. The word delivered means to be equipped to fight and win. You've been given the, everything that you need. Everything, the Bible says that he has given us all things that we need that pertain into life and godliness. One translation says that he has already given you everything that is needed in order to please him. Well, let me tell you something. Nothing going to please your heavenly father more than you walking in victory. Right? He said, you know, man, I love it that my children walk in the light. That's the Bible. And guys, I got to tell you something. You've been delivered. You've been set free. You've been brought out of bondage. You're no longer a servant to fear or to sin. You're not a slave anymore. So start living this life. Do something big with this life that God's given you. Okay, and, and you, Solomon, my son, get to know well your father's God and serve him with a whole heart. Everybody say a whole heart. Come on, don't be half-hearted this year at all. I mean, don't be half-hearted. Don't be half-hearted about your fast. Don't be half-hearted about your, about your prayer. Don't be half-hearted about your giving. Don't be half-hearted about your service. Don't be half-hearted about your relationship with him. Let's go in this thing, and let's launch right out of the gate with a whole heart and, and an eager mind. You know, uh, uh, getting, see, it's about, it's about mind renewal, not mind removal. Okay. Now, 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 a lot of people, and, and dude, listen, we are into faith here, okay? This is a faith church, which is a lot better than an unbelief church, okay? This is a faith church. And, and we believe that, 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 well, the Bible says that no word from God will ever fail. We, we believe that when we do what he said, he'll produce exactly what he promised every single time. We walk by faith and, and not by sight. I don't care what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. I'm believing God and I'm walking in faith in every area of my life. I'm pressing in. But I've been around a lot of church people that, uh, that they, they haven't ever really renewed their mind. It's almost as if they've removed their mind. And, and they think that they're going to get a God result without a God life. Words turn into thoughts. Thoughts create your emotions. Your emotions make your choices. Your choices determine your actions. Your actions develop your habits. Your habits define your character. Your character ties you to an end result. Now, now, and just keep looking straight forward so nobody thinks that we're talking about you at all, but have you ever met anyone that their, that their confession is up here, but their lifestyle is down here? They, they, well, okay, they have all the right things to say, but yet they're not producing anything that matches with what they're confessing. And they think it's all about confession, and confession is important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But if you have an area of your life, and you're confessing one thing, but you are consistently uh, manifesting something else. See, what, what it is is that your actions aren't lining up with your word. You, you, you're, you're preaching an empty gospel, and you got empty results. How do I change that? Well, you have to understand that if that's happening, it's because you have the word, but you don't have the thought life yet. You haven't, you haven't renewed your mind. See, because words turn into thoughts, and then thoughts will begin to affect your emotions. You'll start feeling different. And, 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 and in order to make that happen, you have to have an eager mind. Have you noticed that in life, the stuff that you thought was going to get easier actually becomes more difficult? You know, I just remember, well, and, and my, you know, most of my examples are, have something to do with church because that's just been a part of our lives and, and, and mine, my, the entire thing. And I just remember, though, that, uh, you know, when we started giving above and beyond the tithe and we were writing a $25 check and, and how good we felt but how hard it was. You know, because, man, when, when Shelby and I got married, you know, 25 bucks, uh, and I'm not saying that it was so long ago that that was a lot of money. I'm just saying we, we had nothing. 
Okay, we had nothing, and, and to give it $25, but how many of you know that 2500 is more difficult? You, you know, life's, gonna get, life's not going to get easier. As you pre- if you're going to prepare for more, let me tell you something, it doesn't get easier. You know what was easy was when we were meeting in the basement at somebody's house just praying together, talking about what we were going to believe God for. That was easy. When, when, we, when, we, when we went to the, to, the, to the little church, you know, in Pasco and rented their building on Saturday nights, you know, that seemed like impossibilities. But to be honest with you, I look back and I'm thinking, dude, that was easy. That was easy. And then, then when we moved over to Clearwater and, and renovated that, you know, into the bowling alley and, and, and hung out there, that actually was easy. We thought it was like, we thought, wow, look what we're doing. That was easy. Now we're here. Well, you, you're not going to get to where God's taking you at, by relaxing that mind thing. You got, you got to go at it because I'm going to tell you something that, that God's going to continually renew your mind and he's going to invest new thought because, uh, see, the seed for change is information. Information is the seed for change. And, and God's word is the seed. And as he sows it into the fertile soil of your heart, there's scriptures that you've known your entire life that he's going to bring revelation to you about uh, and things that you just, you, you, that, well, the Bible says it's stuff that you couldn't possibly know. He's going to show you hidden things. Okay? And it's going to come from places you've been before, but you didn't see it before. Well, that don't mean it wasn't there before. It just means you didn't see it before. And he's going to bring revelation, insight, and understanding, and discernment. But only if you have an eager mind. This is a really important point. That you, you have to, you know what? You got to have your whole heart in it, and you got to have your whole mind in it too. You got to allow God the ability to change the way you think about everything. You got to realize that he's going to grow you, which means that there's going to be some change. And just for your information, and this might be a real shocker, but not every thought that goes through your head was birthed in heaven. So, you, you know, you, you, you need to have an eager mind, okay? For God examines every heart. He sees through every motive. If you seek him, he'll make sure you find him. If you abandon him, he's going to leave you for good. So look sharp now. Everybody say look sharp. Oh, come on. Say look sharp. God has chosen you to build his holy house. Be brave, determined, and do it. Look sharp now. Now would be a good time to start looking sharp, to, to refuse to live dull, okay? Not going to be dull. Man, I'll tell you something. It's amazing how many dull believers are floating around the atmosphere, okay? Sharpen up. Come on, get sharp. You, you have an enemy who's studied humanity the entire time. You can't go through life. Well, let me put it this way, okay? We're going to have prayer lines at, during, the, during the revival services. We always do. The place will fill up and the altars will fill up. But the, we just can't cast out stupid. Okay? You know, you, 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 know, you got to be a little bit more sharp than that. You know, you don't get to do anything you want. And, well, well, you know, we're in the dispensation of great. No, obey and study every one of his commandments. Get, get yourself prepared for holiness. Why? Because he's a holy God. I said he's a holy God. And he'll, he'll give you, you know what? His grace isn't a blanket for you to hide your junk under. It's an empowering agent to help you get over your stuff. And, and he'll, he'll give you the strength to deal with stuff that you haven't been able to deal with. He'll empower you. But don't live dull. Man, get sharp. Get sharp. It, because, you know what, if you want the will of God for your life, it, well, the will of God is, is you know what, uh, it's inside the ways of God. You can't have the will of God without the ways of God. You don't get to live life any way you want. Well, where am I going to find the ways of God? That's going to be in the Word of God. So you're going to have to get in the Word to understand His ways. You're going to walk in His ways, and you'll collide with His will. Don't think that you're going to get God's will for your life any way you want. Let's be sharp. Let's be sharp. Let's realize that, you know what, last year, last year was, we call it the year of hard decisions. The year of hard decisions. 
And uh, uh, the, one of the great things about God is, is well, he's not, uh, he's not just a God of second chances. He's a God of yet another chance. Right? And so, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't make the hard decisions last year you should have made. You know, in order to get a great result, great results don't come from easy choices. Okay, if you're going to have great results, you're going to have to make some difficult decisions. And well, and, and you know, and I went around. I, I do this a lot, but I go around, you know, and, and ask questions and try to weave them into conversations. Nobody knows really what's up. But but I was I was asking. I asked a lot of different people, you know, about the hard decisions that they made last year. And yeah, we made a lot of them. And I'd ask, well, what what were they? And it was crazy how many people couldn't pinpoint what they were. And all that means is they didn't make them. Because if you if you make a hard choice, let me tell you something about a hard decision. Just by definition, you'll never forget it. It'll keep you awake at night. It, it, it'll bother you. You know, Shelby and I made some decisions this year that, 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 that kept us awake for a while, that, that we spent weeks praying over and making sure, and okay, God, are you right, and, and uh, am I hearing you correctly? And, and, and you, make, you make a decision. Well, maybe you missed one. You know, you know think about it, because w- without a hard decision, if you want to be physically fit, don't you have to make some hard physical decisions? You know, if you want to be financially secure, don't you have to make some hard financial decisions? If you want to be relationally healthy, you need to make some relational choices that are hard. It's time, you know, okay, just be sharp. Just be sharp. And, and gear up. This is, this, let me tell you the word for this year. Last year was it's the year of hard choices. This is our year of preparation. You, you need to be preparing yourself. You need to be preparing yourself for increase, preparing yourself for more, preparing yourself, getting ready so that you can contain what God's getting ready to pour out. And, 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 and maybe you missed a couple hard decisions last year. Well, okay, so make them now because he's the God of another chance. Make them now and just decide, okay, this, this would be sharp. This would be smart. You know, why? Because God has chosen you. Everybody say, I'm chosen. Oh, you got to say it like you mean it. Say, I'm chosen. Think about this for just a minute. I am chosen by God. Okay? This, this ain't the line for dodgeball in junior high. This is God choosing you. You are chosen by God himself. And, and, and you know, when a decision, you know, why is it so hard to make some of these decisions? Because the, the, the word decision comes from the same root word as incision, which, and it means to cut away. So when you make a decision, you're cutting off everything else, and, 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 and now you're, you're going to narrow your focus, right? You've made a decision. And when you're chosen, or when, you know, when something's chosen, what it, when, when that act occurs, what it does is it eliminates all the other options, now get this, God has chosen you, which means that he eliminated all the other options, and he has chosen you. Here's why you got to look sharp now. You know, you know, don't be dull now, because he has made his choice, and you're it. He has chosen you. You know, back about 32 years, a little over 32 years ago, Shelby made a decision, which cut off a lot of other things, and she made a choice. I'm it. Huh. I'm it. You know what? It eliminated all the other options. Remember Colin? That loser? Well, he's a loser because I'm the winner, right? I'm the winner because you chose me. And he was still kind of nice. He gave you a knife and a fork for our wedding gift bless his heart, and, you know, and, and he came to the wedding and whined for years, but, you know, he, he, he didn't get chosen. I did. Remember Tom Ball, tall, lanky cowboy? What a loser. <laughs> you know, he's just a loser. Why? Because I'm the winner, and I've got to live like I'm chosen. i got to look sharp now. I can't prove that she doesn't know what she's doing when she's making a choice. Some of you guys aren't real sharp when it comes to your relationships. You talk about the relationship like, like they're the loser. No, you, they're the winner. You chose them. Come on, get real with yourself. You, you know, and, and, and if you live that way, if you live that way in your house, you'll live that way in every, well, why? Because you cannot consistently perform a task that's inconsistent with your character. 
So you're building a character that, that refuses to recognize how blessed you are. Man, you are, you are blessed. Man, this is, this is, this is an awesome thing that, that, that God has chosen you. You know, there's a story in the book of Esther. You, you might remember the story of Esther and, and, and how that she had an opportunity and she, she went in before the king and there was like this moment. And, and because uh, she had that moment, she was able to save an entire nation. She was, you know, chosen by God. She was brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. But a lot of times we overlook the fact that in order to prepare for that moment, she had to soak in oil for a year. There's always some preparation that needs to occur so that you can stand in that moment. David had a moment to encounter a giant, but he prepared himself for years while out taking care of the sheep, and, and, and he got skillful with a rock and a sling. You know, if you don't prepare, if you don't look sharp now, if you don't realize God has chosen me, and I need to be ready, because you know what? I, I, I need to live in, in a way, I need to represent, because he's chosen me as a builder of his holy house. Okay, as a bit, well, what, we got, we're supposed to start building churches? No, you're building your house. You know, how are we going to have a strong church? Well, we're going to have strong families. How are we going to have strong families? We're going to have strong individuals. You know, when we get to talking this year about increase and, and, and stretching out the borders and believing God for more, it's not just more here as a community. No, it's more in your life. Man, I'm telling you, God's going to build you. God's going to stretch you. God's going to develop you. God's going to bless you. And yeah, it's going to spill over to the house. Why? Because we're a family. But he chose you. You got to live sharp, man. You got to live sharp. You got to understand that God chose me to be a builder. And I'm going to build my house because it's his. I'm a chosen builder. And then it says, be brave. Well, why would it say that? Because it's going to take some courage to do this. Man, it's going to take some courage to do what God's called you to do. It's going to, you, you're going to have to break out of that spirit of fear. And you're going to have to take steps that you normally wouldn't take. That's called obedience. That's called submission. You know, to do things that God's asking you to do that you don't want to do. Those are hard decisions that pay off with great results. He said, be brave. Be determined. Man. Maybe it's time this year that you could put off that spirit of flip-flop where you start gung-ho but quit. You know, it's amazing how easy it is to get a, you know, a believer in our society to just give up. It doesn't take a lot to get people to just back down and cave in and give up. Man, if you're going to do what God's called you to do, what God's chosen you to do, when he eliminated all those other options and said, nope, you're the one, it says in Jeremiah that it's as if he had a dream about the future and he saw where you were going to fit and he started shaping you and molding you to put you in a position where you could actually fulfill his dream. Man, you've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. So you're just going to have to like get a backbone and you're going to have to realize that it's going to take determination so that you can get it done so that you can do it. In other words, you're going to have to engage in this thing that God's chosen you for. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the holy calling, the high calling of the priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work, to speak out for him. Sometimes, you know, when you're doing his work, you don't actually get to do what you want. Sometimes when you're speaking for him, you might not say what you would like to say because you're talking for him so that you can tell others of the night and day difference that he's made for you. How many have experienced a night and day difference? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I grew up in church. and my, my entire life, I've been around the church. Even when I wasn't living for God, I was in church. You know, we, we had a revival. You know, we, we had tents, and we did tent revivals and traveled all over the place. And we had a revival one time. It was a year-long morning and night services every day of the year, with, with the exception of one day. And I've been in church my whole life, but i got to tell you something, that when I got real with God and God got real with me, there, there was a night and day difference. I'm telling you, 
that the guy standing here is not the guy that was standing here even five years. He continues to do it. And some of you guys, if, if, if the difference isn't night and day, you might want to get born again again. You, you, might, you might want to surrender some areas of your life to him fresh so that there can be a night and day difference in you. Hello, somebody. You know, uh, well, well, how do I do that? Uh, I, I want to go to a scripture and, and here in a minute, and I know I, I have to hurry, but I, I just want to throw this at you, too, because sometimes, you, you know, it's like we'll skim over stuff that we've heard before and that we've seen before and that, that we've, you know, been around before, and, and we miss the hidden things that are in there. You know, there, 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 are, there are these verses that, that, that we've carried with us, and, and I want to encourage you, uh, you know, to always, always carry your life verses with you, because they just keep speaking life year after year, and it's always fresh. You know, but, but uh, uh, there, there, was, there was a season in our life uh, where we were being taught, you know, Shelby and I, we, we had, we'd been married uh, just over four years and, uh, and, and I, I know that I can come at it that way because it's easier for me to do the math that way because uh, when Shelby and I got married, we decided to wait five years before we had kids, and five years and two weeks later, we had Evan. And uh, there's power in a plan. But uh, uh, we'd been married about a little over four years, and, 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 and uh, we had been learning uh, to, to, to give God thanks in every situation, no matter what you're going through, to always give God thanks and, and, you know, in, in everything. Rejoice in the Lord always. And and in everything, give thanks. And we'd been being taught that. And I came across a scripture one time, and it was Isaiah 54, 1. It says, Sing, O barren, sing, break forth into singing, and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. And, 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 and God began to bring revelation to me through that verse. And, and, and I developed a message, and I, and I was blessed because I got to go all over the place and preach this message it's called Sing, Baby, Sing. And, and, uh, uh, and I preach that thing every place, you know, because, because we found out that, that it's impossible to be singing praises to God and worrying about crap at the same time. It's impossible to be giving God glory verbally to, to express thanks and gratitude to God and worry at the same time. Can't do it. You're, the mind isn't wired correctly for that. You, 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 you were made so that if you begin to, to celebrate God, you, you know, the Bible, Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. And, and it's ordained strength is, is, is uh, ordained praise. And when you're praising God, do you realize hell has to shut up? Your praise has the power to silence hell. Some of you guys, man, you, you've been going through hell, and it's okay to go through hell. Matter of fact, if, 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 if you're in hell, go through it, right? Because just don't stop there. You, you know, we've been through hell several times, and I know some of you have too because we saw you there. And uh, uh, when you, but, you know, in the middle of the hell, some of you guys have had, uh, you know, situations and circumstances, been like hell for years. Well, start praising God. Open your mouth and start giving God praise because it'll shut hell up. And when hell has been silenced, it's a lot easier to hear God. And, 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 you know, and, and I developed this message, sing, baby, sing, sing, baby, sing. And, 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 and I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I called home. You know, Shelby was pregnant with Evan, and, uh, and she was working because, uh, you know, we were just getting started. And, man, we, we barely had anything. We, but uh, uh, we, we were just getting started, and I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, doing meetings for about 10 days. And, and, and I, was calling, I was calling every day to check up on her because my pregnant wife is in Louisiana, and, and, I'm, and I'm out preaching sing, baby, sing. And, and, and I called home one day, and, and when she answered, she was crying when she answered. And uh, not that that was really crazy, because she, you know how pregnant women are. But anyways, uh, you know, she was emotional, and, and, and I started asking what was wrong, and she started sharing, you know, the, the information with me. And, and, and see, before we, had, before we had kids, we had animals. We had a bunch of horses, and we had, we, we had all kinds of stuff. We, and I had picked up a goat, you know, a, a few months prior to going to Louisiana. But I can tell you about this goat. This goat was a pain, okay? And, and, and the goat would eat stuff that you didn't want it to, and what you wanted it to eat, it wouldn't. And it was just nuts. And, uh, but we had 980 feet of river frontage in Oregon, and, uh, and the blackberries would grow. And so before I left for Baton Rouge, I took the goat down, and I just staked him out down there by the river in the blackberry bushes because goats will eat them. You know, if he gets hungry, he's going to eat them bushes, and that will help trim that back. And, and I told Shelby, don't even worry about the goat. Don't even think about the goat. He's staked out. He's fine. Well, when I called, she was crying. What's wrong? The goat died. And it was sort of my fault. Because where I staked it out, a storm had come through, dumped a bunch of snow in the mountains, then a heat wave melted the snow. The river, we lived right on the bank of the Umpqua River, and the river had, well, risen. 
That goat got baptized. And the, goat, the goat was gone. And I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I don't like the goat. You know, I just, I don't have this heart for the goat like Shelby has the heart. And so there's a part of me that's going, okay. And, you know, don't have to make a hard decision about the goat. That one's been done. But, and so I spoke to her over the phone, and I said, babe, sing, baby, sing, which didn't go over real well. But after a few moments, talking it through and, and, and realizing, okay, how, how are we, how are we going to attack this, this grief and this hurt? How, well, we're going to praise God. And we did it, and, and, and okay, and on to the next day. And every day I'd call home, and every day the scenario kept getting worse. You know, uh, she's pregnant with Evan, and, she, and, and one day when I called, she, she let me know that the hospital had contacted her. And because we didn't have insurance... Uh, uh, the, the hospital said, you know, uh, you don't have insurance, so you're going to need to pay for this, uh, you know, de- delivery in, in full in advance. And we didn't have anything. And Shelby's upset, and, and she's stressing about, out about the money. And, and hey, sing, baby, sing. It's going to be okay. Well, what are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe you'll have the baby. We'll just leave it there till we can afford it. You know, we'll, we'll come up with something. I thought it was a great idea. Around 18 years later, we'll swing by. You know, we can get visitation in the meantime or whatever. Don't worry about seeing baby sing and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and she just had, a, it had been a hard trip. And so when I got home, she picked me up at the airport in Portland, Oregon. And, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Because she loves animals and she's had this loss and she's had this trip. Let's just go to the zoo. Let's just walk through the zoo. We've been separate. Let's just go out and, 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 and just chill out at the zoo. And, and as we're walking through the zoo, it begins to snow. Now, I've got to tell you something. I have never been a fan of snow. Shelby, though, considers snow as a blessing from heaven. And so she's just perking right up. She's just feeling it. She's like having it. I'm like, you want to go? No, we don't want to go. This is awesome. And I'm like, oh, for crying out. And she said, sing, baby, sing. (laughs) And I'm thinking, never use my material against me. Never. We're going to have to have this convo. And and it didn't just snow a little. uh, Dude, it opened up. And it was getting deep. And, and, And from... From, from where we were to, to our house should have been about three and a half hours. It took us like seven hours to get home. It, it, it was miserable. And the snow had piled up deep and, and, it, and it had gotten cold and, and we weren't used to that in that part of the country. And, you know, in the morning, Shelby woke me up. She was on her way to work because she had a job. And she was said, you know what? You're going to have to do something today because I couldn't get a shower. Why couldn't you get a shower? We don't have any water. Why didn't we have any water? Well, I think, son, that the pipes are broken or frozen or something's wrong. It's cold outside. And I look out the window. The snow is deep. The pipes are frozen. So I call my my dad, she goes to work. I call my dad. He lived a couple of miles down the road from us. He came over. He's, he's, he has a plan. We're going to get this all taken care of. He pulls out, you know, this thing that he's going to use to thaw the pipes, and it's a flamethrower. And when he, when he lit it up, it was, and the flame, the blue flame was about this long coming out the end of it. You couldn't turn it down any. And, and dude, when, when he lit it up, you know, trees would melt off. It was crazy. We went out to the pump house, and and you're hearing snap, crackle, and pop. Springs are shooting across the room. Stuff is breaking. And, and he looks at me and goes, I think we about got her thought out, but we got to go get some parts. I'm like, no kidding. You know, and, uh, you know, where we get these? We got to go into town. We lived about 30 miles outside of town. And so we, we get in the car. It, well, we, we head to the car, and there's this one little pipe sticking out at the end of the house. It came out, had an elbow in it, and went straight down the ground. And he said, maybe I should hit that real quick. He loved this thing. You know, I mean, he, he just loved firing it up and using this flamethrower. And, and I'm like, I don't think we need to worry about that till we get back. It, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll warm up, but we need parts. Well, just let me hit it. And, and he went to the end of the house. And, Come on, let's go. Okay, so we get in the car, and, and our driveway had a bend in it. And as we were going to the bend and climbing the hill, and I looked at my rearview mirror, and, and we had a pretty nice house. We, we had 3,000 square feet, and Shelby and I had a fireplace in the bedroom. It was awesome. And, and uh, uh, you know, going up the driveway, and I looked at my rearview mirror, and I noticed smoke coming out of the chimney. And I stopped, and I said, did you build a fire in there? He goes, no, did you? No. We went back to the house. Both of us were wrong. Yeah, we built a fire. The end of the house was on fire. And, and, and our flamethrower had overheated, and the whole end of the house is on fire. And I hear this voice in my head say, sing, baby, sing. And I'm thinking, this sucks. And, and, and there's this dude, this friend of my dad, that comes over, and, and, and he's like a little 
you know, half off, and, and he's like throwing snowballs at the house, and, 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 and dude, well, the guy right next door to us, you, you know, there was a county uh, uh, property right next door, and, and they had a tanker run up and see if they bring that over, and he came back, and he said, man, you know, uh, uh, it, their tanker's frozen. There's water right there, but it won't come out because the hose had been outside, and it's frozen. Pretty soon, you know, and the house is burning. My dad's losing it. I mean, he's going crazy. Well, I was buying the house from him. And he knew our situation. He knew that I had canceled the fire insurance to save money. And so he was a little concerned about the house. And, and he, was, he was freaking out. And, and uh, the guy next door came over and he goes, man, it's too bad to hear about the fire trucks. And I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, the fire trucks. But what's wrong with the fire trucks? Well, there's so much snow and ice that they can't make it up the hill to get on the highway to come help you. So they can't come put your fire out. And I hear this voice, which is very irritating. Sing, baby, sing. And, and because this isn't my message today, I need to hurry up and get to the end of the story. The end of the story is finally we got the, we, we got the fire put out. But I don't know if you've ever had a fire at your house. Dude, almost everything was gone because of the smoke. And, and, and uh, I had meetings scheduled, and I was leaving town again. And so Shelby you know, went down the road to her parents' place, and my dad said, you know what, we're just going to be praying, we're going to do, you know, and just, let's just be believing God, and, and we just kept sing, baby, singing, sing, baby, singing, and I, I, I hit the road and, and did those meetings and came back, and after about 10 days, and the house had been rebuilt, and there was a bill, bill you know, at the, you know, uh, nailed to the end of the house, and it said, paid in full, and God came through, God came through, but that verse, that verse started almost 30 years ago, bringing revelation into my life. It was several years later that we were, we were on the road again. We were in Kansas City, and we were coming back from Kansas City and meetings in Kansas City, and we were driving through Hereford, Texas. Do you know what's in Hereford, Texas, Kathy? The Cowgirl Hall of Fame. Yeah! And, and I'm thinking, just pick up the pace a little bit, and we'll get right through here. And Shelby said, wait a minute. The Cowgirl Hall of Fame's here. We should go. I'm like, sing, baby, sing. We go into the Cowgirl Hall of Fame. We're walking around, and the curator starts tracking us. It's like we're under surveillance, like, like, like they're afraid we're going to steal a saddle or something. And, and, and that kind of irritated me. And, 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 but, you know, you keep hearing the voice, sing, baby, sing. And, and I'm, I'm not liking this at all, and I'm ready to go. And Shelby, you know, takes her time, and she gets the most out of it. And then, okay, now we can go. Are you happy? Yes. And as we head to the door, the curator steps out in front of us and says, um, I, I, I got to talk to you. And I'm thinking, for crying out loud, check our pockets. We don't have your stuff. And, she's, and the curator says, uh, I don't know if this is going to be weird to you or not, but from the moment you guys got here, God's been talking to me. This is so strange. I have a word for you. I'm like, well, that's not really all that strange. Well, here's the word. Sing, O Baron. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And, and, and she just went right down through it. And, and, and dude, I'm going to tell you something. Every few years, that scripture will come back into our life. And every time there's a revelation or an insight or something that gives life that we'd never picked up on before, and it changes everything. I mean, uh, I had preached that message for probably 20 years before I ever learned that the word sing in, in the Hebrew is overcome. Hey, how are you going to overcome? You're going to change the song that's coming out of your life. How do you overcome? And, and, and man, every once in a while, that verse will pop up and it'll breathe life. And getting ready for this year, as, I, as I'm praying and seeking God, and God says, hey, let's go to Isaiah 54. Because I want to I show you something. I want to show you some stuff that's, that's about the garden, that's about the families of the garden. I, I, wanna, I, I want you to prophesy into the lives of the people this weekend. And look, look at verse 2 in, in the message, Isaiah 54, verse 2. Clear lots of ground for your tent. 
Hey, maybe I'm hoping that you're going to grab this today and you're going to say, okay, God, this is what I'm going to do because you chose me. I'm going to be brave and I'm going to be determined and I'm going to make it happen. So start clearing ground. There's things in your life that you need to remove so you can get ready for what God's about ready to bring in. Man, you're going to reach outside the borders and start making room and, and get rid of the sagebrush and get rid of the junk that's just hanging around your life, the stuff that the wind's blown in. Go ahead and move it out and make, make your tent large. Get ready for something big. Man, stop that small thinking. Stop it. Man, do, quit believing God for stuff you could do without him. Start believing him for impossible things. Spread out. Think big. Look at somebody and say, it's time to get big. Come on, guys, we got to get big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. Let me tell you something about putting tent pegs in. You know, we're not talking about your pup tent. You know, the tent that we had used the axles off of, uh, off of mobile homes, and you had to drive them into the ground. And matter of fact, one, one, of, the, one of the first times in Kennewick, I brought a tent up, and we set a tent up, and we had a tent meeting here in town. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't drive the tent stakes deep in this country... Your tent's going to wind up in Kansas. You know what? With, with the opposition and the forces that you're facing, you better get deep. You better stop living shallow. You better stop taking the easy way out. You better drive the tent stakes in deep and use a lot of rope. And you're going to need, check it out, you're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. I don't know about you, but I'm standing here watching my family grow. By the way, don't leave early. You never know what's going to happen at the end of a service. You know, get, get ready. You're going you're gonna to need, you know what? We're going to need a lot of room for this growing family. You know, that's why here in a couple of weeks, you know, on the, on the 22nd, we're, we're going to add another Sunday service. So services are going to be at 10 and at noon because we're making lots of room. We're, we're, we're making elbow room for our growing family. Look, look at the next verse. He said, you're going to take over whole nations. Listen, let me prophesy to you. We're going to impact nations. Okay. I'm going to jump to the end so I can come back. To this verse, so I can come back. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. It, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. Don't be afraid. But when God looks at you and he says, you're going you're to take over nations. I don't think being silent is what he had in mind. We're going to influence nations. You're preaching good, pastor. Thank you. Last week, 450 families right in the parking lot. Dude, this parking lot was full and there was still a serpentine of cars trying to find their way through here. You know, we had no part, we had no room to help the people that God was allowing us to minister to. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we're believing God to do twice as much this year as we did last year. But I'm gonna tell you something. We're going to influence nations. We better prepare for this. I said, you better get prepared. Check it out. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Man, there are cities that nobody wants anything to do with. We're going to go get them. We're going to go get people that nobody else cares about. We're going to get into places. We're going to get into places that nobody else wants to go. And we're going to make an investment there. And, and we're going to reap a harvest there. And we're going to find people who are far from God there. And we're going to walk them close to God. And we're going to do this thing together. But I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to do it by holding back. You're not going to do it by, by being afraid. You're, you're, you're not going to do it unless you get your heart in it. And unless you get an eager mind. And let, you, know, you, you know what you got to do, man? You, you got to start clearing ground. You got to make some room in your life for the thing that God's wanting to bring to you. Because in order for us to impact the nations, to, to reach cities that nobody else wants to touch, but in order for us to touch the lives of people, we have, to, we have to allow God to touch us first. And God's got big plans for your future. I said God's got big 
plans for your future. Man, get ready. Get ready. Don't hold back. Don't live shallow. Don't, don't be intimidated. Don't, don't look back and, 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 and think about what's happened in the past and why it makes everything in the future impossible. No, hey, I got news for you. God's totally aware of your past. He don't want to talk to you really about it anymore. He wants to talk about your future. Okay, well, yeah, but this is real, and, and, and the wounds are real. Yeah, but his healing is real, and his hope is real, and his provision is real, and, and his plan is real, and he's chosen you. Stop living like the loser that didn't get picked. Recognize the blessing in your life. Everybody has something wrong. Most of us have several things wrong, but none of us have everything wrong. And so we're going to take what's right, and we're going to launch into the future, and we're going to let God use us for what he chose us for. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a big shout and a big praise. Thank you, God. Man, we magnify you. I want you to close your eyes, bow your head. Father, I just thank you that you have chosen us. God, and you, you've chosen us for a high calling. You, you've chosen us to be a holy people. And God, God, lead us and guide us by your spirit and, 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 and walk us into a position. God, and we will prepare ourselves for the amazing things that you have planned. God, I thank you that this is a birthing spot, a launching point. While, while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, some of us in this room today, you, you know what, the, the first step of preparation the first area to clear ground is maybe, maybe to push something aside so that God can take his place in your life. Maybe the ground you need to clear is the throne of your heart. And maybe, maybe it's you that needs to come down. And you need to pray this prayer. We're all going to pray it together. But maybe you need to make this your prayer. It needs to be a personal prayer. And maybe, maybe it's time for you to say, okay, God, I'm going to get real with you because I need you to get real with me. And if that's you and you're here today while nobody's looking around, I just want to agree with you in prayer. And if you say, you know what, Tom, I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. I'm starting this year off right with God. I just want you to hold your hand up so I can agree with you in prayer. Just say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So awesome. You can put them down. Anybody else just say, man, I'm reaching out for Jesus this year. Uh, and I, I know I need God, and I, I, I need some forgiveness moving in my life, and, and, and I just want to embrace what he has for me. Make this prayer your prayer. I want everybody here to just pray it. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I know I need your love. I know I need your acceptance. I know I need your forgiveness. Come into my life and change me completely. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him one more shout, one more praise. He's worthy.